Today, we're here to celebrate Jesus, and not just Jesus, but really God's love for you expressed through Jesus. It's a powerful day, and um, I'm very excited to launch off of Romans 5.8 today. This verse in the New Testament of the Bible says, God showed his great love for us. Like, that's the kind of love God has for us. He showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Like, right in the midst of our life being marked by sin, Christ died for us. He didn't die for our perfected version. He didn't die once we're good enough He didn't die because we dressed right, um, because it was sunny out so we could actually wear the Easter outfit that we picked out. No, that's not why he came. He came right the way we are. God loves you when you're at your worst, and best for that matter. He loves you, period. Not if, not because of. God loves you. And that's our focus today. It's God's love for you. And we're just going to look at it. We're going to look at how this story unpacks throughout the Bible. And I hope you've read the Bible. I have hope that you've actually taken the opportunity in the freedom we have in this country to pick up the text of Scripture and read it. And, and we have that freedom. You can even download it on your phone or digital device. That app is working today. I noticed this morning. But I just, you know, you, you, can, you can read your Bible freely. You can get a paper version if you like that. Feel the paper and underline, highlight. All that is good. And here's why it's important. Like, God speaks to us through the Bible. You should read the book of John, what talks about how much he loves you. We'll read a couple passages from that. The book of John is one of the Gospels. and In the New Testament, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that record the story of Jesus. And the book of John is specifically focused on God's love for you. And then you thumb over a few more books, and there's this book called James. And it to- tells us what we can do with that, that love. challenges us that love is an action word and, and that we can show the community around us how much we love them through what we do. We can love people, serve people, and that leads to true life that is really worth living. It'll be the first link on our next steps page to be able to download you version. But I just, I, if you walk away with anything this week, I hope that you walk away with, I should open the Bible. Because if you open it, and especially if you go all the way to the beginning, you'll begin to see how much God loves us. And how that story of love for you has unfolded since the beginning of time. You'll be able to crack it open from the beginning and see that God creates all things to be a place of, uh, of relationship for you and me. So that we can walk with God and talk with God and be with God and grow in relationship with him. You'll see Adam and Eve in a garden. And you'll see this moment where he gives man and woman the power to choose. And unfortunately, in that moment, the heart of man proved to be sinful. And it... It leans towards its own way. Adam and Eve chose to to grab the fruit and take of this forbidden fruit, it's called in Scripture, and that was the first sin. 
And that sin led to this reality of redemption being needed for them. And this journey begins to take place as we read through the scriptures. Humanity had a problem. We rejected God and put our desire to be like God above our love and relationship with God. We sinned. Sin means to miss the mark. We missed the mark as humans. And as you thumb through the Old Testament, the first half of this Bible book, the scriptures, you'll realize that generation after generation fail. Generation after generation try to live up to the expectancy of God. And it's the most historical book ever written. Scholars would say the scriptures have been preserved like no other, no other text in history. But yet, the good, the bad, and the ugly is in there. And you see, yeah, generations repent and come close to God. But then you see generations fail miserably. And another generation fail miserably. And there's this moment where you could become like whether they surrender to idols and start worshiping gold calves or whether they're living in a community that just fully rebels against God and he sees that as detestable. You could read this and you could inside just become incredibly discouraged. You could become absolutely hopeless for humanity. And that's what really has been challenging me this Easter is going, man, there's, there's this sense, there's this moment where you just feel hopeless as you read through Scripture. And then the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John kick in. Jesus comes into the world. I mean, you'll, you'll be full of wisdom and there's some great insights and truths. There's tons of prophecies towards a solution in the Old Testament. But by the time you get through that part of your you read through the scriptures, you're like, humanity has a big problem, <laughs> you know, and we need to solve this. Well, generations went by without hearing from God, and then all of a sudden, generations went by realizing we can't do it. Man on his own cannot do this. I don't know. Have you ever sensed that? Have you sensed that today? Have you sensed like, I can't beat this on my own? I mean, maybe you have a sense of hopelessness or emptiness or questioning. Is this all real? And you've found yourself in that place of darkness where you're just questioning, doubting, worrying. Maybe you're trying to overcome something that you just keep going back to. Maybe something keeps tempting you in a way. You know, man, I, it's lunchtime working from home. I'm just going to have a couple of these new sour cream and onion chips out of this bag. I mean, come on, the bag I can hold up to my face and it makes me smile now. Thanks, Lays. You know? And uh, so I'm like, I'll just have a couple of these sour cream and onion chips. It's all good. I'll just have a couple more. They're fine for me, right? They're good. It's all wonderful. A couple more, a few more. What? How did this bag of Lays sour cream and onion chips get this empty? Wait. How did these Easter shirts get so tight around the middle button that my family bought me? Why could I not wear those other ones that looked all springy, you know? That's just a light example of the things we go back to 
and the things that make us stumble, the things that make us make choices that don't benefit us at all. Maybe it's, man, I hope I can make it through spring break without yelling at my kids. Maybe it's, I hope I can go on the internet without going there again. Maybe it's, I hope I can, I can honor the speed limit. Hello, right? I'm not going to get road rage this month. I don't know what it is that might, maybe it's way more serious. I'm not going to text and drive. I'm not going to drink and drive. I don't know what that is for you that you keep going back to, but you can't overcome it by yourself. As simple as it seems, a couple potato chips, or as difficult as it seems, and ugly and rotten, and you consider yourself and who you are, you still can't do it on your own. But that's where the New Testament kicks in. That's where Jesus comes in because God had a plan. And he crafted it at the initial sin, right? Man fails to live freely and make right choices. There's sin in the world. And so he has to begin this journey of how do I redeem mankind whom I made in my likeness and image? And we see the rest of the Bible unfold. This forged plan of God sending his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to be born of a virgin, to live a perfect life, confirming hundreds of prophecies over generations told, fulfilling every single one of them in a sinless life, and then finding himself being the ultimate sacrifice for the sin of all humanity, past, present, and future. What a plan. Jesus would have to live perfectly, die brutally, and raise miraculously for this plan to work. And that's exactly what he did. That's Easter. That's what we celebrate. That's the gospel. Jesus had said that he was going to have to go to a cross, that he was going to have to raise three days later from the grave, and that would then make the way for him to provide this out that we needed as humanity. While we were still sinners, he took your cross. When we send that text when we're driving. When I eat that, like, like a serving of Lay's potato chips is like two or three or something. Who makes those serving sizes? When I'm on the 50th chip, which is about the max in the bag, it's the dust. When I'm down in the dust, he died for me right then, even though I'm hurting my body. His cross is love. That's where we're at in this story of Scripture. Thanks be to God that the cross is not the end of the story, though. That was Friday, Good Friday. You celebrate the, the death of Jesus. Like he went to the cross for us. He shed his blood. He bro- his body was literally broken for you, brutalized. They put him in a grave, and three days later, he rose from that grave. Documented, historical, undeniable. Here's how it went down, and I love Luke 24, verse 1. 
says, very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. And the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. Remember that he told you back in Galilee that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and that he would raise again on the third day. Then they remembered what he said, that he had said this. And they rushed back from the tomb to tell the 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. Jesus had fulfilled the promises. He rose again on the third day. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. And now we can have eternal life through faith in him. This is the message of hope contained in Easter, the resurrection of Jesus. So what does that mean for us today? How should that impact us? Well, because of God's love for you, thought one today, there's hope. Because of God's love for you, there's hope for humanity. There's hope for you. John 3, 16 says, for, God, for this is how God loved the world. I just about used a different translation in my brain there. Did anybody catch that? Okay, so this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. It's good news for us. It continues. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light, so others can see that they are doing what God wants. God sent Jesus into the world to return hope to humanity. Like generations of silence turned into hope for the future. Instantly awakened the hope that you and I have the opportunity to read about this many years past. To give us something to look forward to with finished work to achieve it hope for a new life and one that is even eternal. Now, it's not just for eternity that Jesus went to the cross, went to the grave, and rose again. It's for us to live life to the full now and have the hope of eternity. This is great news for us. It's incredible news. And Romans has more to say about it as we dig in. This is the, the, the promise, the hopefulness of humanity is that nothing can remove this hope from us. It says in Romans 8, so another book 
just to the right, the one we started in, says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecution or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels and demons, neither fears for today or worries about tomorrow. Even when the powers of hell can separate us from God's love, no power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God who is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Whew. Nothing. Hope is not so that we can avoid the worries and fears and strife of the current day. It's that we can make it through to the other side. That's what Jesus did. We can make it through trouble. We can make it through calamity, persecution. These are what are listed here. Hunger. Thank you, Lay's sour cream and onion potato chips, for getting us through hunger. No. Destitute. Danger. The threat of death. Right? That's some pretty serious things that hope can get you through. What can hope get you through? What can hope in your life help you make it through that you thought, I just can't get there. I just can't make it through this. That's why Jesus came, so you could make it through. What is amazing is that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him could make it through, right? Because of God's love for you, thought too, everyone can believe. Every single solitary one of you. Hope is not just for the spiritually repaired. Well, man, they've, they've earned their stripes. They've done good enough. They now can be saved through Jesus. Not at all. No. Remember how we opened this. In Romans, it said, while we were still sinners, everyone who believes, everyone can believe and be made right, right now, right where you are. How do you believe? Like, how is it then that you believe? If everyone can, like, how do we step through this doubt and worry and believe? And it's really easy. First, you have to ask for help. This is just one of those things in life that's hard to do for some of us. We're in a world that says, man, be your own person, do your own thing, but sometimes you just have to ask for help. I love this, this story in Jesus' life that kind of exemplifies this. He had been sending out these guys that are closest to him called the disciples, and they were, they were healing people and Casting demons out of people was crazy stuff you could read about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, and he's sharing his ministry gifts with people, and they're going out. And there's this one instance where this guy brings his son to his, Jesus' disciples, his crew. And he says, hey, can you heal my son? And the disciples try to heal the son. And they've healed a bunch of people. They even got in trouble for being too pumped that they could heal people. Like, they actually got in trouble for it. Like, they were rejoicing too much. Man, demons go out in our name, and people are healed. Yay, us. And Jesus was like, give the glory to God, you know. So they got in trouble. 
But now they're still trying to heal people, and then they can't heal this boy, and they're frustrated, and they can't figure it out. And so this is where this story comes in. A father says in, in Mark 9, 22, the second half of the verse, he says, the, the father says, have mercy on us and help us if you can, as he speaks to Jesus. And Jesus, Jesus asked back, right, what do you mean if I can't? Anything is possible if a person believes. And the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Something's modeled right there for us. It's okay to struggle with unbelief, right? It's okay to ask for help. Okay, Jesus, I get the story. Historically, I get this. It's here. But man, I need to get it to, right? I need to feel it in my gut, Lord. How do I get this to move beyond my, my head? Like, help me in my unbelief. Because there's doubt. And I want to put my hope in you. And, and I want to live out this hope that's promised. But I, I become the failing human I see in the mirror so often. Help me, Jesus. There's a point where we just have to ask for help. That was my story. I came to church at the lowest point in my life. I had broke every commandment. If you read through the Old Testament and it says there's things you shouldn't do, I checked the boxes. So it's encouraging to me read passages like, while you were sinners, right? Because that's like still me. But So moving in to the church, I show up. I'm 21 years old. I'm an alcoholic. I am not doing well. I'm making choices that affect everybody around me in a negative way. And I sit there and I hear that there's hope for me. That God still loves me even though. And I'm just going, I'm wrestling with this, right? I'm wrestling with believing this. In fact, I, it hurt good to hear it, that God loved me. But I was feeling like he couldn't love me. But I was being told he loved me. But I felt still like he couldn't love me. So I went through this season of just going, Ugh, really, really? Six months I sat there. And then finally, I, I got past my unbelief. And said, I just finally need to come out and say it, right? I just finally need to declare that you are Lord. And then begin the next step of belief. That's where I found myself. I'm 46 now, 25 years later. And I'm still working through the convictions as I discover new stuff every time I'm reading through the scripture. Your life will be the same. You're going to discover new stuff all the time about how much God loves you and what that means and the impact around you. So, so first, we have to ask for help, and second, we have to just declare, okay, Jesus, you're Lord. I just need to get this out. That's where I got, after six months, I was like, okay, Jesus, you're Lord. Oh, no lightning, right? I was that guy. I do think it's going to hit me, but it didn't. Romans 10.9 says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And good thing, because 
I, may, I said that prayer in Salt Lake City, Utah, so I was really sure I was going to get hit by lightning. I was like, I was in a different spot. I was, in, I was like, ah, and then it didn't happen, and I was like, what? And then I started to grow in belief. Like, literally things changed when I made a decision to follow Jesus. I just declared Jesus as Lord, and I began to believe this process of belief that takes years and years and years. I'm praying that some of you see yourself in that journey today. That you get past that, that spot, or at least you're honest with God, and you're like, I get what he's saying, and I'm the guy doubting. Help me, Lord. Come back, and it'll hurt good, and I'll keep growing. I'll open a Bible, and I'll start to read about your love. Because of God's love for you, final thought three, you are free to live. Because of God's love for you, you're free to live. It says in John 8, 36, if the Son sets you free, you're truly free. From the lips of Jesus, the Son of God himself, if the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. So you confess Jesus as Lord, and you believe in your heart he rose from the dead, you're free you find yourself back in the same place Adam and Eve were at the beginning of the Bible with the freedom to choose from that point forward which way you're going to go with your life. You've now been redealt hope. You've now been redealt purpose in your strengths. And you can step into the life that God destined you to live. A life that is unimaginably better than you could fathom or imagine. This is what's different about Christianity. God initiated this relationship with us. There's lots of faiths, and people might say, I have dialogues with people, and they're like, yeah, but it's Christianity, the other religions, they're all the same, right? Well, no, Christianity is a little different in a couple different ways. One, God initiated the relationship with us. We don't earn it. We can't do enough good things to get saved. It's literally a gift from God that he initiated by sending his son Jesus to take our sins upon himself on a cross. Now, here's the other difference. Number two, he rose from the dead. That's a big deal when it comes to, like, claims. So he wasn't just a prophet or a good human being or a servant, which he was all those things. And he modeled how to serve people well. But he literally rose from a grave, and it cost people's lives around him, and it changed the world every since. Like, that does set apart this thing that we have an opportunity not only to believe in, not only to hope for, but that gives way to a life that's truly worth living. That's what it is to follow Jesus. Sin's chains are literally broken from your life when you put your faith in Jesus. All this because God's love for you. All this is possible by putting your hope in Jesus. So that's our action thought today. Simple action thought, but yet big ask, right? It's a big ask. Like I... I'm asking you to put your hope in Jesus. Put faith in the fact that God sent his son Jesus. And that might mean if you're more up here than here, 
that you're going to have to dig into that Bible. You're going to begin to read the book of John and find out, yeah, okay, it is true, and wow, he loves me. Man, it is true, and he can forgive me of all those things I keep doing. I keep putting him back on the cross. I keep hitting the nails into his hands, his feet, through my choices, but he still loves me. And as that sinks in, we call this choosing to follow Jesus here at Open Life. Those connect cards, if you grabbed one of the worship guides on your way in, I would tell you to fill one out on your app, but April Fool's Day, it's not working. Anyway, uh, you can turn that physical connect card over and it shows you some responses you could have for today and could write prayer requests on there, but here's the reality. I know some of you are at a place where you're like, I'm going to choose to follow Jesus today. But others of you are like, I need to learn more about this. And that's exactly what the Bible says. It's okay to figure this belief thing out. Again, I took six months to do it. But I want to challenge you to do it. Look seriously in the mirror. Where are you at with God? How is your hope? Are you filled with hope right now? And if not, man... I dare you, declare Jesus as Lord and begin this journey of belief that God raised him from the dead. That's what I'm going to pray for you. That's what I'm going to pray over you. And I can't wait to see you back next week as we start into a journey talking about how God is for everyone and what that means for you to learn what it is not only to have hope in Jesus, but life through Jesus in community around you, in your neighbor's lives, in your family's lives, in your workplace. God can't wait for you to live life to the full. And following Jesus is his way to do that. So God, I thank you for the opportunity we have to come here today and spend time with you, to learn, to grow in relationship with you. God, I thank you for what is stirring in our spirit right now. The things that we thought would separate us from you forever are gone if we just choose to follow you. If we just choose to grow in belief. Because hope is right there for us to grab a hold of. So God, if there are people here today that have yet to make that decision to choose to follow Jesus, I pray that they would do so. You say it's as easy as inviting you into our life as Lord, to declare that you are Lord and then believe that you rose from the dead. This journey of faith can begin today for some. So if, if someone's in here and you've never responded to the message of Jesus, to the life of Jesus, and never invited yourself into this relationship and hope of Jesus, simply pray this prayer with me to choose to follow him today. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life today. I declare that you are Lord, that you are the Son of God. Come to set me free. Give me hope in Jesus' name. And help me believe it. Help me believe you rose from the dead. Help me believe that you can turn my darkness into light. I choose to follow you, Jesus. And for those that are going to begin a journey of growth in understanding who you are today, God, I pray as they open up a Bible, 
as they begin to talk to maybe the person who invited them today about faith. It's okay to talk about that, Lord, you will illuminate just how much you are for them. The extent of the hope and love that you sent for them in your son's life. We thank you for what you're stirring in us. In Jesus' name, amen.